Good evening and welcome to tonight's show from DJN TV, Disc Jockey News TV. Tonight's show is brought to you by Electra Voice, DJ Event Planner, DJ Trivia, Odyssey Innovative Designs and Cases, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and the DJ and TV Insiders. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DJ Spotlight here on Disc Jockey News TV. Today I'm talking to Beat Kitty. What is up? Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was my pleasure. And I'm, I love that we both have different colored hair on here. So it's kind of perfect. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into it. I'm super curious about your early beginnings in the scene. Like, you know, what got you interested in this? And maybe like a little story about how it brought you to where you are today. Great. Yeah. Um, so I started, I mean, I've been in music since I was a kid. I've been playing flute and singing forever. Um, I went to college and I for some reason thought that I had to choose between art and music and, and started focusing on art. Then one day I was watching a video of this woman who uh, named Emily, who was DJing. And I was just like, Oh my God, I want to do that. I really want to do that. Like she's so badass. So I shared the video with my friend and he was like, Oh, I can show you how to do that. And, um, this was like eight years ago. And so he brought all of his equipment to his office one day and he's a lawyer and we just sat down and he showed me the basics of mixing one song to another one. And just, I mean, it was just like a five second intro or like five minute intro. And then all of a sudden it was just like me practicing most of it. Um, but like from that moment, I was just like, wow, I mean, I've always been like so in love with music and I lost it for so long that I was just like, this is an incredible way of like getting back into it. Um, and yeah, so I got back into it and at the same time I started throwing events and parties in New York around 2012. Um, and in that process I was gathering different friends and like, you know, a really awesome, lovely and supportive base scene in New York City. Um, and like, you know, just doing all these interactive events on top of also DJing and learning from them. And it was just so supportive um, that I can't be more grateful for having that kind of a, like, a start to it all. Um, yeah, so that's how I got into it. <laughs> I, I love that you had that support in the beginning because, you know, the, a lot of the stories I hear, it's not always like that. I, and I love that you just, you saw this video and you're like, I want to do that. And then suddenly a friend is there like, yeah, let's make it happen. That's so wicked. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful that my, my journey into this whole, whole thing has been a lot, um, I wouldn't say easier. It definitely wasn't easy and it still isn't easy, but it was definitely much more positive and um, supportive than a lot of, a lot of other women uh, that I talked to a lot. 
uh, have experienced. So there's like any number of crazy situations that I've heard of uh, regarding women trying to learn how to DJ. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So you mentioned that you also started throwing parties in 2012 and I totally want to touch on that, but I would love to hear about the Resonate Project. Uh, What pushed you to create this and what does that look like for others that are involved with it? So Resonate, um, yeah. So the Resonate Project came out of an obvious need for women to have a supportive platform to learn how to DJ or even just like, just kind of quench their curiosity a little bit. Basically I was hearing a lot of different stories of either women that felt like they couldn't ask guys, either that they weren't comfortable or that, um, you know, I've heard stories of women who learns from somebody who used them later, like got basically angry at them later on for not uh, reciprocating in ways that they might like. Um, you don't have to go into details about that, but you know, so do I? Oh, I said, yeah, I can guess what that yes. is. <laughs> you know. so, uh, there's a lot of that. There was a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of like, even it's so interesting. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of women who have DJ like partners and still aren't comfortable with asking even their partners for some reason, even if they're supportive. Um, so it was very clear that there needed to be some kind of a platform where people could learn and feel supported and safe in it. And I personally felt that it needed to be headed by women. This originally came from a conversation with my friend, Autumn Morgan. Uh, We were talking one day and realized that at least in Baltimore, there was a massive uh, um, disparity in like, there were no women DJs there. So we got together and we first started trying to create this project a couple of years ago, but too many hats, too many moving pieces. It never happened. So about a year later, she had moved already and I was just like, you know what, I have the capacity for this. So, and I still believe in it and I still feel called to do this. So I'm going to just do it. Like I don't, and I'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and it turned out that a lot of people felt like they resonated with the project. That's why it's called resonate. And it felt really, really good, especially like, especially my manager in particular, he was just like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Just see what happens. Um, the first one was in Baltimore and I brought along this, uh, girl Shalini or confetti the first, and she helped me. Yeah. She helped me do the first one, um, there. And we kind of like tag teamed it and did this whole like teaching and workshop, all that kind of stuff. And then when I, brought it to my manager he was like let's do one in Oakland and also turn it into like an event so he turned it into a, a whole workshop and then we added a panel on top of that and the panel were women who were in the industry whether it was um throwing parties or uh just being DJs or producers and we we brought them on to speak and also answer questions right after the workshop and then it turned into a party with a female headliner um, so that went off. Like it was a Thursday in Oakland and 
250 people showed up and it was just like mind blowing because I mean, I don't, I barely know about anybody there. <laughs> uh, so it's just clear that there was a need and a desire for this, you know? So from there, it started going to um, like my, my agency that I'm part of felt really excited about it too. And especially this girl, Allie, that is one of the co-founders of it. And she took the project and also I've been taking the project to festivals um, at uh, the UNS. It would be, it was just a panel because there is not enough time for the workshop itself. Uh, and then Elements, it was also mainly just like quick thing. But um, at least the general trajectory is that I would love to do it in more cities and also be able to create more of these things at festivals as well because I feel like our networks are kind of insular, but when you start getting past that and going to people who are going to the festivals that you might not normally get to connect with, it creates more of an impact. So that's the general hopes and goals. And it's a malleable thing. And anyone who's involved and wants to be involved is like, obviously, I'm like, please help me. Yay. This is great. You yes. Know? Oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, very innovative. And you mentioned something earlier about how like you, you know, you're very grateful for your experience and how positive it was, but you were hearing this feedback and you're like, okay, there is a place and space for this. And I love that you're doing this. I hope that people that are listening right now, especially if you are female, non-binary, uh, queer, and you're like, hey, let's do this. Get in touch with her. See how you can uh, get involved with the Resonate Project because I think that's so wonderful. Um, yeah, because uh, one thing that you were mentioning about how like some of these women feel like they can't even ask people um, or they want something that's more femme-driven. I remember two different workshops I went to for production. Uh, one was like co-ed. I was the only girl. And we were doing something like super simple. It was supposed to be a production workshop, but we were doing like, I think it was just like, plugging uh, RCAs and XLRs into a mixer and then into uh, some monitors and play music or make the, make the microphone work. And I, as soon as they ask who wants to go first, I'm like, oh, me. Because like, I'm thinking, I'm a DJ. I can do this. No problem. And all the guys started laughing and I was shocked. I was like, why? This is so simple. This is so basic um, because I had done it so many times before. So I did it in like 30 seconds, no big deal. And then the other guys tried to do it and they couldn't and they struggled. And it was so interesting because I'd never, it was like my first time going to a co-ed workshop and had that experience. And obviously I didn't feel offended because I had already had the experience, but the back of my mind, I was like, this is why women don't want to get involved in these things because if they don't know, they get made fun of. Yeah. And meanwhile, when I was in a production workshop for women and non-binary and two-spirit people, it was like, Everybody was asking questions and it was thought provoking and I learned so much more from that workshop and I didn't feel, I feel like the other women didn't feel scared to ask the questions. Like they didn't feel like they were going to be made fun of. So the fact that you're doing this project is huge. Like 
Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm stoked. <laughs> Every there is one woman from the um, from the one I did in Oakland that about a few months later. I was playing a show in New York and she came up to me and she was like, I took your class out in Oakland. I got a controller the next day and my parents are super supportive and I'm really excited about just like getting into it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. That's so rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I know that you're also involved in harm reduction stuff. I'm so glad that this conversation is coming up so frequently now, um, mm -hmm. talking about how we can have more harm reduction in our industry at festivals, at parties. Can you tell us how you are involved and how others, in your opinion, can help as well? Sure. Um, so in terms of harm reduction, I think this began when I started throwing parties back in 2012 because it was such an amazing container of just like art and music and beautiful people and everyone's like, you know, high on life and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the kinds of interactions that were happening, I just wanted to make sure that people always knew where to go if they needed a safe space or needed someone to talk to even. So what we created at that moment was like, we had these little necklaces that glowed and like, if for some reason you needed someone to talk to or you needed a safe space, then you know that anyone who's wearing that necklace could, you could, could go to them and you could talk to them. So that was the first kind of like iteration of this whole thing. Uh, and since then, that's, we call them guardians. And since then, we've been having those at all of our parties. Every party I've ever thrown has some sort of like guardian type situation, um, which I think is important. You know, just sometimes, sometimes you just need someone to like, <laughs> to help you breathe. <laughs> um, and then you're fine. Uh, so we would do that. And then over the last five years, I've been throwing these parties um, and have that. And we've been creating more of a conversation around consent. And also I've been doing guardian training workshops. Me and my best friend, um, have together like created and been part of panels in the, generally about the com or generally around the conversation in New York regarding consent and also regarding um, harm reduction and also regarding I'm blanking out on the name of it restorative justice. Um, we've had conversations around restorative justice, which is something that I think is really important as well. What is that? Restorative justice? Yeah, tell us. Restorative justice gives people who have done wrong a path back. So the way these things work generally is I, I personally believe that not all people are bad people. Sure, there are bad people out there. Everyone makes mistakes and some people make really bad mistakes. Um, I do believe that people can learn. And I do believe that one of the worst things you can do for somebody who might be in some awful state of mind is to rip them from their community and not give them a way to come back. 
So the way that they can come back, of course, is, you know, being able to show the community and the people who are leading the community how to, uh, like, that they are actively seeking therapy, that they're actively taking courses and classes, you know, for... um, in in regards to like nonviolent communication, you know, it has a, obviously has to do a conversation with what they did, and if it has to do with another human or what happened, then you know, it also is very important to listen to that the the victim and the person who um, who is dealing with everything, you know, because obviously it's just as important. Um, so yeah, generally, I feel that. Right now, we're on the precipice of something that's really intense and interesting. We're all talking about consent. We're all talking about the Me Too movement, which is incredible. But we have to start thinking about what's next. There's a lot of anger. Obviously, we're all very angry. You know, there's a lot of like pent up um, just over the, over the years. So so many people not listening, and all of a sudden we all voices not. And the thing is, is these voices are not always super, super constructive because it's always just like, it becomes an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that we can do at the end of the day is teach people, you know, and people aren't going to really learn if you have someone yelling at you. So the way you have to learn is being like, okay, what can we do now? What can we do now as like adults to really create these safe containers and these safe spaces and also teach people and help them grow. Cause if they don't grow, there's no way that they're going to get better. They're just probably going to get pushed further and further to their, their corner and get worse. So, and then the other side of things, you can actually all of a sudden have more allies that way. Yeah. You know, so I guess that's one of the most important things in this conversation around harm reduction and consent that like I at least (laughs) feel. I so appreciate that you talk about this because um, I've noticed a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm scared now. I don't know what I can say. I don't know what I can do and it not cause trouble. Uh, I have a child and I see it with him all the time about consent, right? Mm-hmm. So like we learn very young, uh, you know, give grandma and grandpa a hug or a kiss. It's like, no, you don't have to if you don't want to, but we start yeah. normalizing these things so young. So things that seem really innocent aren't. And yeah. I love that you bring this up to talk about those conversations um, I know with call-out culture, it can be really frustrating because on one hand, it could be this like super empowering, positive thing. And on the other hand, it can cause so much turmoil, not only for um, the people that are experiencing it and all the backlash, but the fact that some of these people uh, might have never been approached in the first place for some of the smaller things that they're doing. And I know even just having conversations about catcalling and how, hey guys, you know, this is not how you find or your wife or, <laughs> you know, like it's, 
Don't tell women to smile. Like it's just, it's like these little conversations here and there about things that people might think are innocent and no big deal. It's like, if we can have them now without yelling at each other, (laughs) you know, we can, we can cause so much growth. So I so appreciate that you bring that up. Um, and like what you're talking about with the, the guardian, if I'm saying this right with the necklaces, like that is such a simple thing that anybody can start implementing today at their events. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. they, so I know that you do workshops. Do you have like any PDF files or websites or articles that kind of ex- explain to people this stuff if they wanted to get some of this information right now today? I have some resources that me and my my best friend and um, people on the team that I have have collected over the years, and obviously are very happy to like share with anybody who might be interested in reading about it. How to create someone who is a guardian and can hold space for people. Awesome. <laughs> I, so we'll have to leave some links for people to connect. Um, I want to jump into the promotional side of things um, because I know you like, oh my gosh, you DJ, you do these workshops, you make music, amazing music. By the way, something just came out recently. (laughs) Go check it out. We'll leave links. Um, But you also throw parties. (laughs) What don't you do? (laughs) Uh, So can you tell us? what changes you have seen in like event curating and all that jazz. I know we talked about some of them with like the conversations going on in the workshop. So what else have you seen change throughout the years? Uh, I've been seeing more women in the game. I think the, when I first was during parties, I was one of one of the only women who was actually throwing events in New York, at least that I knew of. Um, and so I've been seeing more women in the game. I've been seeing more women producers take on like like bigger and better projects and ideas and roles, and um, it's been pretty inspiring. I've been seeing more of a conversation around why there aren't so many women in the industry. Um, There's been a lot of chaos. (laughs) There's been a lot of chaos, but I think it's all growing pains and I think it's going to settle. Like it will, it will settle at some point. I believe that, you know, I believe that more and more women are having or being heard, which is amazing. Uh, and it's really exciting. Like it's definitely a really exciting time to go from like having a super small crew of like women that we all supported each other and seeing it start expanding and growing more and more. Um, so that's been the main difference. It's still kind of funny to go to parties and not really be taken seriously until all of a sudden you start playing music and then people are like, whoa, (laughs) but it's, it's getting easier. (laughs) People are, yeah, it's like people are less and less being like, oh, it's the guy with you that is DJing, right? Yeah. 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 Did your, did your partner teach you how to do this? No, 
he builds houses. I play houses. I was literally at an event. I was DJing an event and this guy's like, oh my God, like you're so amazing. Um, I have a show coming up, but I want your husband to DJ it. He does not know how to DJ. What? How did he just get a book? <laughs> like, what? Oh, really sweet guy. Just does not get it. Yes, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's still a thing, but it's happening less and less. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love your positivity. I love like, I love your gratefulness. I love your self awareness. I love that you like see this change and you focus on that. Like, because it's really easy to get bitter. It's really easy yeah. to get angry and become a victim. But that just kind of puts us in a place of, well, I guess I don't have to try because this is just what I'm going to, I'm going to keep experiencing adversity. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's overcoming it that yeah. shows your character. Um, so I know that you've developed a lot of different skills um, throughout the years. And I'm curious about how you've utilized those skills in the industry. How are they pushing your career forward? Um, I, so in the industry in general, as a DJ, it was just more or less, you know, learning how to put music, you know, one song with another and like creating a vibe and creating a story and curation. So general curation and like realizing how that can permeate into the world and the way that you present yourself, the way that you present your music, what does your music say? Like it's all kind of linked together at the end of the day. Um, and the biggest, like, the biggest experience I have with curation was when I started throwing the parties back in 2012 and they were just like these immersive environments with storylines and, you know, uh, artists and DJs and, and it was just very, uh, they're very attention to detail. And you also learned how to manage all these different parts and wear a million hats at the end of the day. So now I'm like literally wearing a million hats <laughs> and I think that, throwing events back in the day definitely prepped me for being able to be my own social media marketer, produce songs, throw parties, DJ, and also like do workshops, try and like support other people as well. And um, yeah, just also realizing you can't do anything by yourself. Like not, you can't like, I mean, you, maybe you can, but to try and be insular is just, absolutely it's torture <laughs> it's crazy like you can't just be insular you need to ask for help you need to support other people you need to create uh bonds and friendships and you know like genuine connections with people you know and i think that it all is very like very much linked together so <laughs> Makes me so happy hearing this from other people. Yeah, <laughs> yes, support like each other. <laughs> support each other, create community, um, yes. and ask for help. Because, like you said, you're like, you know, wearing many hats, doing all these different things, but also making sure to reach out and being like, "Yo, I would like to not have to do this all on my own." <laughs> yeah. Creating that that uh, that crew of people, I love that. 
to end off this wonderful interview, I know everybody else is super curious as well. Uh, what are some like upcoming mixes or music or events or workshops you want people to know about and go check out? Okay. So the next workshop, uh, the next work resonate workshop is going to be on August 17th in Denver. Um, it is going to be part of a larger movement that is happening in Denver with a bunch of incredible women. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much I can say about it at the moment, but definitely stay tuned for that. And one of the most exciting things that just happened is I learned that I'm going to be playing direct support for Bauer uh, at Meow Wolf on July 26th. So, and all in the meantime, I am currently working on my first EP, uh, which will, is currently in the mixing process, and I will be sending out to willing ear, willing ears <laughs> uh, within the next month. So I'm super stoked on that, plus a few other, you know, smaller releases that I'm really excited for. You have such amazing music. I like, and I love, I love that you kind of go a little bit on the throwback side, like take those elements of tracks that many of us are like, they still hit our soul when we hear them. We're like, Missy Elliott, Aaliyah, yes. <laughs> like, oh, so good. And your, your DJ sets really tell a story. Um, I was quite impressed uh, just because I listen to so much music. I listen to so many DJ sets, but it's rare that I hear something that I'm like, whoa, okay, this is totally, I, I'm into this. Especially like it, whether you're into like one genre or another, like you're, I, I really appreciate your DJ set. So I'm going to make sure to link people. I appreciate so much that you took the time uh, to share with us today, your insight. Yeah. Yay. For, <laughs> for the rest of you that are tuned into the episode, what is something that Beat Kitty said today that really resonated with you. Do you want to start a workshop? Do you want to be a part of harm reduction in your city? How are you going to apply what she said today, today in your career? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, make sure you don't let no one kill your vibes. 